What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Kicks and Giggles podcast. I know that last week I fucking took a little break. I didn't. I wasn't even here, so to be fair, I couldn't like bring my light and bring my. I mean, I could have, but it would have just been shitty. And I was in Vegas. I wanted to enjoy my time out. I didn't want to like force the fucking put like styrofoam around some random room. You know what I mean? I didn't want to record in a hotel. So last week I took a break. And I, I'm thankful that you guys were all allowing me to take a break and you didn't get mad and nobody fucking texted me and said fuck you or anything like that. Um, everyone was really understanding. And I guess on today's episode, we're going to see if if I lose followers or lose listeners. It's kind of one of the fucking risks you have to take. But um, I want to talk really quick about my Vegas trip because Vegas isn't really something that is like fun for a 20-year-old, you know? Um, I don't drink, I don't like, don't really smoke um, or get high, at least I don't smoke to get high. Um, I, you guys know that I take edibles once in a while, but I definitely don't drink. Drinking isn't my fucking thing at all. I don't like to get drunk. Maybe I'll have like rum chata or like fucking a little something with my family once in a while, but getting drunk is something that I haven't done since I was younger. So in Vegas, it's like, it's fun but how fun can it really fucking be? You know, uh, you can't go to bars. You can't go to clubs. There's like 18 and over clubs that I could have gone to. But like, am I that like, are you fucking that excited to go to a club that you have to go to some like piece of shit place that like 18 year olds go to? I don't know. So I don't know. And I was alone. So going to a club alone, I feel like it's fucking weird. Like if I was to go to a club alone and I didn't hook up with a girl or like, get fucking, get some friend group to like roll with um, or meet new friends there, it would just be a dumb time, right? I'm not going to be the guy that goes to fucking clubs alone because that's when you kind of realize like, holy shit, my life is really sad. Um, so not doing that. Uh, I do want to tell you guys a little story that I told myself I wasn't going to bring up on this podcast, but it was, it fucking happened. So we're not going to, we don't hide shit on this podcast. If I could talk about me jerking off, I could talk about a little something, right? Uh, you guys know that I met with Cody Garbrandt. I'll get to that after this, but the day before I was going to Vegas, I made a huge mistake that I don't recommend anyone doing. Uh, I went on a date or had a date, kind of. Um, basically, I met a girl that was from an online dating app the day before I left, literally hours before. So like when I was leaving my Uber, or when I was taking my Uber to leave to the airport in the morning, she was taking an Uber to go back home. Like it was that. And it wasn't like we weren't fucking, it wasn't like sexual. It was just like hanging out, having a good time. And uh, I, I fucked myself by doing that because Angelo, little emotional fucking sappy boy. Uh, well, that's that's my nickname the past few months because I'm really in a vulnerable state right now. You guys know that I've been talking about relationships lately. I miss people. I'm questioning people. I'm questioning authenticity of relationships that I have right now. I'm going through a weird fucking state of mind. And part of me tells myself that it's like, you know, this is what happens when you're 20 years old, bro. You fucking, you get kind of... My brother was explaining you get like this second fucking puberty that you go through when you're 20 years old. That's a lot of emotions. And, uh, you know, I kind of, I don't really read into like depression or like fucking bipolar. I don't, like I know what they all are, 
But when I'm thinking in a sad fucking way, I don't look up like, oh my God, am I depressed and am I this and am I that? Because I just feel like that makes it worse. You know, if you have a cold and then you start looking up like all the symptoms of a cold and then you see that also the same symptoms are what comes from fucking swine flu, then you start believing like, oh my God, I have fucking swine flu. Oh my God, it's more than a cold and you freak yourself out. So I don't want to fucking do that. Um, I just figured I'm sad right now and I'm going through some shit and uh, that's fucking it. So what I did was I met a girl online. We had a great time together. And now my Vegas trip that was supposed to be super fun and like exciting became like me checking my phone every two seconds and why isn't she texting me and like, is she still interested in me and all this shit. And I put so much focus in this one person for a few days on the trip at least that uh, it really just fucking took a shit on like what could have been such a good time, you know? Uh, I stayed with my cousins for the first few days and then I went to a hotel. So thank you, Gianna and Dave. I fucking love you guys. I, I don't even think you listen to this podcast, but thank you guys for letting me stay at your house for a few nights. And uh, it was just like, I shouldn't have done that to myself because regardless if the date went good or bad, regardless if she came over or we went out to eat or went, like regardless, I think that like going on a trip, this is my few days to like really handle my business and get my shit together. And like I'm on this trip to go to UFC events and like meet with Cody Garbrandt. So I should just be focused on that, you know? Uh, I fucked myself by like taking my mind out of business and putting it into my emotions and then being sad. And then when I was in the hotel, um, this was like the night before I met with Cody. When I was in my hotel room, I was like thinking about everything and it wasn't just this girl. This girl was like 1% of all my fucking things I was thinking about. But I have all these things that are bottled up over the past few months that I've been sad about or pissed about. And then I just fucking like let it out. And I just cried like a little fucking pussy for like an hour uh, in my hotel room, which felt really good. And I'm happy that I did that. But bottling things up is definitely not the fucking road you want to go down. Uh, and I just don't recommend doing that. And it also felt really weird because... On my Snapchat and on my Instagram, I'm like posting pictures of Cody and like doing all these like flex fucking look at me. I'm at UFC events and then like behind the scenes, I'm like cuddled up in a ball fucking crying in my in my hotel room. So it like that felt weird to me. But I went on my Snapchat and I explained everything. I said, look, you guys, like what you see isn't really fucking everything. You know, I might be posting UFC events. I might be posting cool shit that I'm doing and traveling and it looks so dope, but like, I'm not fucking rich. I'm not extremely successful yet. Um, yet, key fucking word. Uh, and I'm not like 100% happy. I'm not content with my life right now. Uh, there's a lot of things that are going in my mind about the future and about the past. And I just, I'm a worrier. That's just fucking how I am. So what you guys see online, even though we're posting people like me or people like actual celebrities, even though we're posting cool shit and flashy shit, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. And I think a lot of people don't have the balls to say like, hey guys, I'm fucking depressed. I need your help, blah, blah, blah. But I'm the fucking, I'm a real person. And I went on my Snapchat, I told my followers like what was going on in my head. And I got a lot of really good responses. So I'm thankful for all of you guys that helped me out. And yeah, I mean, it's not fucking, it's not all rainbows and fucking pony little bitch land. Sometimes there's a lot deeper shit going on.
So that happened. And uh, then I got to Vegas and I was in Vegas. Now, Cody, I know that Cody Garbrandt is a very busy person. He's out in Vegas for like four days. His fight's on Saturday. It's Friday night or Friday morning. And I'm texting him saying like, hey, bro, if you want to meet up soon, like, let me know. I know that you're busy. Just fucking let me know. So now he's saying like, yeah, let's meet up tonight. And I was like, okay. And he said like, I can't meet for sure, but it should work. Like everything should be fine. So he said he had a dinner and to go to his hotel after the dinner. So it w- I figured it would be around eight o'clock. So now I go there at eight and he's staying in a hotel on the strip. So I'm just kind of like around the strip. I didn't like literally sit in his fucking hotel room like a creep, but, um, I don't know what's happening with the fucking lighting. Um, okay. We're just going to roll with it. So I didn't sit at his hotel like a fucking weirdo. What I did was I waited for him like around the strip. I'm walking around. I'm going out to eat. I'm getting fucking expensive food that is probably a waste of money. And I'm just having a fun time. And I figured if he's going to come through, then uh, then it'll happen when it happens, right? So he texted me and he was like, it was like 8.45. And he was like, I'm about to leave this place soon. Like, don't worry. I'll be there soon. So I was like, all right. Now it's like 9.45, 11. And I'm texting him. I'm like, hey, man, like I get that you're busy. If you can't come through tonight, like just let me know. And it's 11 o'clock now. I've been there for like three hours. And then he texts me at fucking like 12. And he was like, yo, bro, um, I can't meet tonight. Like I got to take care of my son. He doesn't feel good or whatever. So I was like, fuck. And uh, I didn't get to meet him was the end of the story. So I didn't get to meet him that day. So now the next day it's UFC event time. And he said, like, meet me in the morning and I should be able to meet up. So wake up, get ready in the morning, texting Cody. And I was like, hey, bro, I like have an awesome fight today. Good luck. I don't want to fucking bother you. Like, we'll just figure out the meeting a different day. Because I knew, like, I don't like to feel annoying, you know. So I don't want to be like, dude, you better meet me for these shoes, man. Because that's like your priority. I don't want to. I know that his priority is to fucking fight and win. Like selling or buying shoes from some little fucking kid. Uh, probably doesn't really matter to him. So I just let him do his thing and I figured if it was going to happen, Christ, God would make it happen, you know, because Christ has control over situations like this. And uh, I just left it in the power of Christ. So now I'm the next or now that day I go to the UFC event, which by the way, I'm not like a huge UFC guy, but uh, I've watched it with my brother Dom since I was a kid and we would order fucking Wingstop and get like 75 wings. And we would watch like, it was like Minotaro Noguera. I don't know what his name is. We watched him fight. We watched Dan Henderson versus Michael Bisping, I think was a while ago. We would watch the Ultimate Fighters. So I, I knew like some of these guys. I just wasn't like fucking jacked and like ready to f- get in there. You know, I'm ready to just be a consumer. I know my role as the audience member. Uh, so I fucking sat my ass down and I watched these fights, which there was like 20 fights or something like that. It was a lot. There was like four prelim fights, which I didn't even know any of the guys. Um, then there was like a pre-card, which was like also still prelims. Um, and then there was the main card. And each po- each portion had like five different fights. So there was a lot. But what I noticed was that not only, first of all, T-Mobile Arena is fucking beautiful. And being in Vegas, being on the Strip in one of these events, it was just a very beautiful experience. 
people watching is something that I don't really fuck with, but I really fuck with it when I'm alone in a stadium full of 30,000 people. So I got to see what people are doing. I saw these guys, like, by the way, everyone was jacked out of their fucking mind. All the audience members looked like they were possibly UFC fighters as well. Um, definitely a lot of guys taking roids in the stadium or in the um, fucking audience. Definitely a lot of smoking hot wives and just women in general. And this guy in front of me in particular was like a good looking guy and his wife was fucking stunning. And they're sitting next to each other. Uh, obviously they're like dating, they're there together, they're fucking holding hands, kissing and all this shit. So now she goes to the bathroom. This was like in between fights. I'm not like paying attention while fucking Cody's fighting. This was like prelims. I'm not really paying attention to what's going on. Um, and it's like in between a fight, there's like a 15 minute break. So the guy in front of me, smoking hot wife, wife goes to the bathroom. He's on his like Facebook messenger and he searches up a girl's name and then starts messaging her saying whatever the fuck with like heart emojis. And now he keeps like looking back behind us. Right. And it almost looks like he's looking at me because I'm fucking behind him. So I feel like I could fucking eavesdrop here and be nosy shit, right? So he keeps looking back, making sure that she's not coming down. And then the second he sees her coming down, I see him like swipe and delete two conversations. And then she goes to the bathroom again. He does the same shit. And then he looks at me and he was like, is she coming? And I was like, bro, like, I don't fucking, like, I don't know. That's not my fucking thing to, like, I think he said it meaning like, let me know if she's coming, you know? And I was like, dude, if you're fucking cheating on this beautiful fucking person and then you're going to put me in, in the fucking, no, I'm not doing it. I already did that on my own. I'm not fucking being a sketchy fuck, but it just made, like, it was crazy for me to see, like, I'm sitting here worrying about a girl that's not texting me, right? Some like minor shit. This guy has a beautiful fucking 10 out of 10 girl that's sitting next to him. That's like hanging out. They probably traveled here together. They're probably having a great time. And the minute she goes to the bathroom, he's fucking texting other chicks. Fucking mind blowing. So seeing that was like, I don't know if I'm going to call it a humbling experience, but it was like a realization for me that was like, I'm not going to be sad over this one fucking date. If I had a beautiful girl here with me, I'd be a lot happier than this fucking guy in front of me. So you could have better situations or worse situations and not know how to handle them either, I guess is the point. So fast forward to the day after that. This picture I posted on Instagram, which you can't really see because my monitor looks like shit, but uh, it's a picture of me and Cody Garbrandt and I did get to meet him. Now, it was Sunday morning after the fight. Cody unfortunately lost, but it was fucking unreal to see these fights live. I was like dead center, 300 level, like front few rows, and I could see over the cage, beautiful seats. Um, it was just a great fucking experience other than seeing a guy cheat on his smoking hot wife. Um, but now I got to see all these fights and it was really fun. And I locked my phone. They had these like T-Mobile stands that you could put your phone in these lockers, which is really fucking like kind of smart, kind of dumb. But I locked my phone in this locker because you could charge it. And my phone was away the whole fucking time, which also probably makes sense of why I was like being a nosy fuck and watching what people were doing. But it felt really good to just put my phone away, watch the UFC event. Uh, I took a few pictures, obviously, and then I locked my phone and it just felt good to like be really fucking alone. And it was like, hey, if something bad happens, I don't even have my phone. So I had to get over that. I didn't give a fuck what happened. I just 
hoped to have a good time, and I did. Now, the next day, it's Sunday morning, and I'm figuring, you know, Cody's going back today. I'm probably not going to get to meet him. He texts me at like 2 p.m. Now, I checked into a hotel, which was like the Excalibur or something like that. It was like an okay hotel. Um, I mean, it was still nice. It was on the strip. It was still nice, but it was okay compared to like the MGM Grand and the fucking whatever the other one is, Mandalay Bay, like the really nice ones. So uh, I text Cody and I was like, hey man, like I get if you can't meet today, don't worry about it. Like we'll have plenty of chances in the future. And that was at like noon or like 11. Now 2.30 comes, he texts me and he's like, hey bro, I'm leaving in an hour. If you can get here, here's my room number. This is the tower that I'm in. Like let me know. So I fucking Ubered within seconds to this guy's fucking hotel. This guy meaning Cody Garbrandt. I Uber to his hotel. I pull up to his fucking uh, tower. I go straight up to his room. And now I'm texting him like, hey bro, I'm here. He opens the door and it was just fucking like a rush of like excitement and like fucking relief at the same time. Because I've been trying to meet him for so fucking long. Last time I was in LA, I was trying to meet him and he was super busy. And just to fucking see his face, I was like fucking, thank God. Uh, and it was just great. We shook up. We hung out. He was telling me about the hotel. He was telling me about the fights. He was telling me about his future fights that he's planning on doing, which I don't think I could say. But um, yeah, it was just fucking awesome to meet him. And I also realized that he seems very like, I would fucking bet, I didn't ask him, but I would bet that he's like a germaphobe or like something because he seems really clean. He seems like very, like when I got up there, he like put his rings on really nice and like got his jacket on and like tied his shoes in a certain way and he just seemed like I could relate on like an OCD like I if I'm gonna take a picture it has to be fucking perfect um so that was dope and thank you Cody I doubt you're listening to this but if you are I fucking love you bro thank you one of the most humble people I've ever met by far um I remember that a few months ago when GQ called me and did an interview which hasn't fucking been posted yet but GQ called me earlier this year, or earlier last year, and we did an online interview, or like an over-the-phone interview, and Cody Garbrandt was mentioned in it because he was one of the people that I was working on getting at the time. And I remember texting Cody and saying like, hey man, uh, I have to do these quotations for this article, and they want celebrities to give them quotations, so would you mind like talking and telling a story about us? And he was like, 100% bro, whatever the fuck you need, like I got you. He was just very willing to like help me out and he is planning on posting this picture on his Instagram as well. So when it comes to like exposure for a guy that's got millions of followers and millions of fans all over the world, the fact that he's willing to help a smaller guy out like me uh, is just fucking unreal and I'm thankful for that. So that was that happened. That was a great weekend. It was very fun. Also, regardless if I'm traveling or not, I do want to say that taking a week off once in a while on this podcast is pretty fucking nice because like every Sunday I'm used to like wake up, fucking rush, get ready, sit down, record. I got this beaming light in my fucking eyes and uh, it, it's nice to just kind of hang out and like do my own thing once in a while. So I think this year I'm going to plan on taking like four weeks off. Um, probably every few months I'll do like one week break. I think you guys can understand that. Another thing is that like for a lot of the comedy portions that I'm doing or regardless, it's like, this is me working on material sometimes. And sometimes I don't have any fucking material that I want to put out there. So, uh, yeah, I think for the podcast hosts out there, people that know how fucking like much of a dedication this is, uh, I think a few, like two or three weeks out of the year 
is understandable. Um, another thing I want to update on quickly before I get into this Michael Jackson fucking weirdo shit is that I don't know what I'm doing with the, the, the thought of a second podcast that was only about shoes. Now I'm leaning more towards keep it one podcast and dive more in on YouTube and starting a YouTube show, like a web series, that's going to involve celebrities and it's going to involve clothing and sneakers and it's going to tie everything together. Uh, I'm working on it right now. Roy Wood Jr. has been calling, or I've been calling Roy Wood Jr. We've been talking about it and uh, Killer Mike, which just had his whole Netflix documentary and like series that he did. So I'm talking to some guys and I'm trying to get something dope fucking made for you guys and the viewers out there that involves celebrities and shoes and dives into more of the sneaker aspect of things. So hopefully that's going to come together soon. I know a lot of the things that I say are hopefully or like maybe happening, but I like to let you guys know where my head's at. So even though it's not concrete, I like to at least give you guys what I'm thinking about and what the plan is for the future. Now let's talk about Michael Jackson and how we went from, we fucking had something we had a guy that could release unreal music, a fucking superstar, everyone loves him, a phenomenal dancer, amazing music. I remember being a kid, my mom's fucking cleaning the kitchen and my dad's watching the game and like I'm eating fucking food and like shitting my pants because I'm a little kid and like Michael Jackson's just blasting throughout the house and the holidays were coming, we're playing his fucking holiday music. Like everyone's just having a good time when Michael Jackson's on. My family would always come over like every weekend or every other weekend. And like Michael Jackson's music was always in the background. Like this was a fucking guy that we all thought was a great guy. And then 2019 comes around and he's fucking and sucking little kids, which is disgusting to even fucking talk about. And while watching this documentary, which I haven't even finished yet, while watching this, the amount of times that I'm like, like fucking gagging and wanting to just throw up uh, is more than it should be when you're watching a documentary. Um, I watched the first half, which talks about these, it focuses on two guys that I don't even remember their names because I can't fucking, I just, I don't. It's just fucking disgusting. Two guys it focuses on that were kids and growing up with Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson would take him on stage and he always did a thing uh, that he would take kids on stage and like have them all dance at the end of his shows and uh, show off like the kids that were doing his moves and just like a very fucking, hey, I have young fans and here's me flexing it and like kids love me, I'm a fucking good guy mixed into one, right? Now, these two kids in particular, Michael found out about one of them because he was really good at dancing, and this kid would post videos online and send videos to, I think, like Michael's managers or something, and uh, entered a contest that was like the best dancer gets to meet Michael and gets to do a commercial with them, or something like that. And uh, I remember in the story, the kid was five years old, and the age group was like seven to ten, but he showed up to this raffle, or this... Um, competition anyways and even though he was five years old everyone loved him and they let him win anyways and then Michael took him under his wing and started dancing with him on stage and would put him on every fucking show and then started bringing him on tours with him and then it started going fucking sour and uh, they just tell stories about how Michael would teach him how to like masturbate in his fucking tour room and just sickening like I don't even want to say it because it's just fucking disgusting. So if you want to throw up and learn about a guy that you thought was a star, 
Go watch the Leaving Neverland documentary. It's on HBO. This is not a fucking plug. Clearly, if I got a plug like or a sponsor, I wouldn't want it to be this. But if you want to read about it more or watch the show, go watch that. There's part. There's two parts that are an hour, or two hours each, and then there's a one-hour documentary like wrap-up that's on Xfinity, and then there's an hour-long Oprah interview or something that she interviewed the guys. So you really got to dedicate your day to learning about like a child molester, which I didn't really want to fucking do yesterday. So I just watched a couple hours of it, uh, tried to force myself to throw up after, and then I watched some hockey, you know, normal shit. Um, now I asked my followers and friends and family, all my fucking Instagram fam, I asked you guys, should we separate the art from the artist? And meaning a guy like Michael Jackson, he has phenomenal music, He's a great dancer. He's a very talented human being. But now we find out that he's a fucking creepazoid, child-molesting fucking scumbag. And should we still listen to his music, you know? Hold on, I need to drink some fucking water. I'm getting dry over here. Should we still listen to his music, even though he is a fucking creepazoid, even though he's a child-molesting fucking prick? Should we put his music on and dance and act like that's not him? Should we separate the talent from the, the person creating that fucking content. Um, I'm going to get to my response after because reading a lot of these... Now, when I posted this, by the way, I got 108 re uh, responses, which I never get that many. Usually, I get like 25 or 30. I got 108 to... to that's what I counted um, from DMs and Snapchat messages. So, I took about 15 of them because they're really long and this is like long shit. Um, I can't do 100, obviously, in one episode. I took 15 of the best or most, most interesting responses I got, and I'm going to read them out loud. But before I do that, I want to tell you guys about Time Slippers. Time Slippers is a brand that they have been my first... Uh, pop. Okay, let's fucking speak English, Ange. Time Slippers are my first podcast sponsor, and I'm thankful to have them on this fucking journey with me. Uh, Ryan, the, the founder of this brand... I met with him in L in New York, and he basically told me everything I need to know about this brand. He told me that he's excited to work with me and have me sponsor this fucking company. And what they are is it's a slipper, but it's a fucking sneaker at the same time. It's a slipper on the inside and a sneaker on the outside is how I'm going to display or describe it. Um, they got air holes here. They're a wool. There's wool all throughout the inside of the shoe, right? It's kind of like an UGG, but it's not thick wool. You're not going to sweat. It's like very thin. It's just for comfort. It is warm. It is going to keep your feet warm, but it's not like that one inch long wool that comes in an UGG that makes you fucking sweat your balls off. Also, they have the air holes, like I said, so that really fucking plays a huge part here. There's elastic laces, so you don't got to spend time tying them. You could just slip them on. These are the mid tops that I'm showing, which I don't think I've shown these off before, but I'm a big fan of the mid tops. I think that they go clean with like a jogger because your jogger is going to come right here. You get a little bit of ankle action there, and then it's just the shoe from there on out. Um, they do have a thick rubber bottom, which is fucking huge. Now, this is why this is huge, because when I wear my slippers, regardless if I'm inside or outside, I'm the type of guy that does wear Uggs outside sometimes. And when it's fucking wet out, when it's snowing, when it's slushy, the Ugg sole doesn't fucking hold up. It doesn't do anything. I need that rubber sneaker sole with a slipper feel. And that's exactly what time delivers. So... 
These are fucking killer. I definitely recommend going to get these. I also have the high top pair, which is my personal favorite. But I did tell you guys a little while ago, I said, you know, the price is a little bit high. And even though it's Italian genuine leather, even though they're handmade, even though they got that yoga mat on the insole, I think that it was a little bit overpriced. So what Ryan did, because he's a fucking smart founder, he said, you know what, we're gonna make a 20% off promo code that all of your followers can use. So instead of $180 for some of these pairs or 110, it's gonna be whatever the fucking 20% less is, which is pretty big for a shoe discount. So the discount code is kicks and gigs. It's K-I-X-N-G-I-G-S. And that will give you 20% off your first order. Uh, I definitely recommend going to try these out. And I wish I got 20% off when I got my first pair, but I didn't. So you guys can. And I like this. I'm really happy that Ryan was like willing to let me do that. Because when you're a founder and you have salespeople and you fucking listen to them, shit can change big time. Uh, and I think it's really important. It's a mature move. It's a smart move by him to give me a chance to share my promo code with you guys. And I'm just fucking excited about it. So do me a favor, do Time Slippers a favor, and do yourself a favor, go get yourself some fucking comfortable kicks. Now, I started that sponsor off pretty sloppy because I fucked it up, but you know, if you fucking bounce back, and then I crushed it at the end. So that's fucking what happens in life sometimes. You start off in a shitty way, and then you fucking come back and you throw some killer pointers out there, and you get a good sponsor going at the end of it. So. Thank you, Time Slippers, for sponsoring this podcast. Now, let's read these creepy fucking... Should, or no, it's not creepy. Let's read these responses about this creepy fucker. Right? Michael Jackson, that's being. Uh, this girl says, I think, yes, even though these people do really fucked up and scandalous things, if they make art slash music that makes people happy, then why not still listen? I don't think it has to be black or white. Like, you either boycott them or love them. There's a middle ground. I'm just going to, we're going to fucking just read a few and then I'm going to give you guys my opinion. This is back to the question, should we separate the, the art from the artist? Why or why not? That's the responses I'm reading right now. This person says, yes, it can relate to anything, but people buy things based on names like Gucci and Louis Vuitton, for example, but other smaller brands make the same designer item, maybe even better, but the designer brand but people look down on it because it's not a well-known brand. Okay, he's talking like a fucking idiot, but what he's trying to say is, <laughs> which is a good point, I'm just saying that he's his English is a little flawed. Um, what he's trying to say is, like, if Gucci makes a dope shoe and then fucking ASOS makes a copy of the brand, we all want to go buy Gucci, I guess, because it's the well-known brand. People, But people don't look down on it Oh, people do look down on the ASOS one because it's not a well-known brand. He's saying things should be looked at for their uniqueness and style, not their name. But people also deserve credit for what they've created. Yeah, okay, I see where you're coming from. This person said, there is no art without an artist. And I just responded with a bunch of dots because I don't really know what that means, really. Uh, this person says, yes, you should because there's people like Kanye that make amazing music and sneakers, but he's mentally insane. You need to ignore the fact that he's crazy and just enjoy his products. Now, this is one that fucking pissed me off. And it's a good point. It's a good response. I'm not pissed off at the person who's saying this, but Kanye is mentally insane. 
to like in your guys' opinion and some people's opinion. Kanye is mentally insane, right? If that's what you think, that's fine. It makes sense. He lashes out. He's very emotional. He says weird shit. He like binge tweets for fucking an hour online sometimes. But Kanye is not affecting anyone but himself. And if he is affecting anyone, it's with words. He's lashing out and calling people names or calling people out. Hey, Drake, you're a fucking cock. I'm going to beat the shit out of you because you try to fuck my wife. Whatever his problems are, uh, they're very like internal and just like emotional. It's not physical. It's not, He's not doing anything to harm anyone. So when you look at other artists like XXX and uh, Michael Jackson and R. Kelly, they're like X, for example, beat the shit out of his girlfriend. That's what the rumor was. I don't really know anything 100%. I'm not concrete. But 99% of online rumors and stories and everything, and I think videos, so maybe it is concrete, um, is that X beat the shit out of his wife, or his, not his wife, his girlfriend, and she told a story that he fucked her with a grill brush, which I think I talked about on the podcast before. A grill brush is very, it's very hard. It's steel wire that's used to clean grills. She said that he fucked her with a grill brush until she passed out from how painful it was. That is a lot different than going on Twitter and saying, fuck you to Drake. So I guess you're right when you say we should ignore Kanye's insanity and fall in love with his music and enjoy what he puts out there in his products. Yes, but he's not doing anything to harm other people. Michael Jackson molested children. Should, is that really the same fucking thing? If I'm a YouTuber and I get mad sometimes and say stupid shit, or I'm a YouTuber and I get mad and fuck kids, that's not the same thing at all. So it's a lot different. I understand your point, but like with Kanye, sure, it works. But the reasoning is a lot different there, which I'll get to. This guy says, yeah, man, you can't deny true talent at a certain craft. Your personal life should be separate from your artistry. I fucking disagree with that. Um, I think a lot of people do believe that. But for me, when it comes to business and my personal life, I like to merge them. I love fucking sneakers. I don't love... Okay. See, this is where I said that wrong. I don't love to fuck sneakers. I don't put my penis in a sneaker and fuck it. I mean, like, I love sneakers so fucking much that... I have been selling them since I was a kid. It was a part of my personal life. I grew up liking shoes and now I'm turning that into my business and I fucking merge the two. I think it's great to merge your personal life with artistry and some people just can't do that, you know? Some people can't like, I don't know, talk about their emotions and like open up and they want to like, I'm a fucking artist and I'm a singer to you guys, but behind the scenes, no one knows about my life. I don't like that shit. If I'm ever famous, I want to do vlogs. I want to do behind the scenes. I want to do like, I want to give you guys a really good look at like the internal fucking parts of my life. I want to vlog me crying in my hotel room. I want to tell you guys about that shit because it's like, it gets, it, it shows that I'm more real. It shows that I can post cool shit online and also post really sad shit online or really deep shit online. I think that a lot of comedians and a lot of artists and a lot of celebrities they have this like one track mind, which is like, if I'm a comedian that jokes around about childish shit, that's all I'm fucking doing. And like, that's me for the next 20 years of my life. For me, I think that, you know, sometimes I'm really funny. Some of my podcasts are really funny and a lot of people agree. Sometimes they're really deep. Sometimes they're really motivational. It's just whatever I'm thinking. I'm not like, 
Oh, I make people laugh with this one subject? Now I gotta talk about that type of shit for the rest of my life. Fuck that. I'm a human being. I get sad. I get angry. I get pissed off. I have really fun times. I have really high highs and really low lows. So why not share all of that? If I can share me making money off of shoes, why can't I share the fucking sad parts? It's selfish to separate your personal life from your artistry, in my opinion, uh, as a content creator, at least. Now, the next person says, that's hard because I could see the argument on both sides. The art can be an extension of the artist and a lot of their artist, and a lot of artists see their work as being very close and personal to them, which is the good portion of artists. Um, and some don't care for their credit and just produce the art rather than just creating it. I don't really know what that means. Um, this, she says, like Hitler was a very talented artist and if people see his work, they think it's nice. But as soon as they find out Hitler painted it, they're like, eh, maybe not such a nice painting. I actually didn't know that Hitler was a fucking artist. But hey, you know, same thing. Hitler was uh, responsible for killing like thousands of people. I don't even know the number, so I'm sorry. That's the lack of fucking school, uh, paying attention in school that I have. But Hitler was responsible for killing a lot of people and doing a lot of sickening shit. And he was also really good at painting, I guess. So would you buy his painting? Probably fucking not. And I wouldn't either. So I'm not saying you're wrong if you wouldn't. That can go for a lot of different type of creators, she says, like people who make videos on YouTube. Some just do it for the money and and some do it for the passion behind what they do, not just produce. Okay, so basically what she's saying is some people do shit because they're actually passionate about it and they get deep, like me, they like to get deep. Other people just fucking do it because of the money and they don't really give a fuck. And I guess she's saying like, maybe say fuck you to the people that aren't passionate about it or I don't know. I don't really know what she's saying, but I read it out loud. Maybe you guys fucking do. This person says, nah, because if they produce it, then I think that's how they were feeling about it. For example, when, when Childish Gambino wrote This Is America and produced the video for it, he obviously felt that there was some sort of disconnect. Sorry if I'm rambling. Well, you're not rambling because I asked you a question. Um, yeah, you know, good, good answer. I'm going to keep reading these. Yes, suddenly, if I found out suddenly that Kevin Mitnick likes to blow chihuahuas, I'm not going to stop finding the work epic. The art should stand alone unless its meaning can be directly tied to the issue within the artist. Example, age ain't nothing but a number being produced by R. Kelly is creepy as fuck. So he's basically saying like there's a connection on what they're putting out there and how they're feeling or what they're doing. So, okay, that's fine. You know, I understand your point. So... Ten years ago, I'm listening to Michael Jackson beat it. And I'm thinking he's talking about beat that fucking beat up, like with your hands, like fist pumping and getting fucking out there on the dance floor, beating up the fucking beat. Ten years later, it's 2019, he's talking about beating off a fucking child. That's okay with you? That doesn't fucking kind of itch you in a weird way? That doesn't make you want to fucking and throw the fuck up? Because... If you're saying that the artist connects his shit with his content, sure. But, like, I mean, why is it okay then, you know? Why is your answer yes? Uh, R. Kelly releasing a song that's called uh, Age Ain't Nothing But a Number, that's creepy as fuck, right? So then why can you separate, you know? I think maybe your answer meant to be no, we shouldn't separate the artist from the art. But, uh, I don't know. 
I've read that, and that's a good point, though. You know, the beat it thing is fucking true, so everything stands. This guy says, unfortunately, you can't because the artist isn't fake, which is true, you know? You can't fucking... Like, I, I think I'm leaning more towards you can't separate the art from the artist. I think that, like, reading these responses helped a lot, and this helped me fucking learn a lot. So thank you guys in general just for giving me your two cents and answering when I ask questions. But uh, it's fucked up, man. Like, you can't... What is that show? Me being a content creator, I know... Like, I won't even go on a date with a girl that's... Like, if she says she's 18 on Tinder, I will literally, like, what's your fucking... What does your ID look like? Because I worry about shit like that. I worry about, like, if I have a girl over and she drank... I don't want to fuck... I will literally give her a sobriety test and make sure that she had only one fucking drink. Like, I don't fuck with going to parties because I don't want to hook up with a girl that's drunk and then she wakes up the next day and is, like, posting all this shit about me online. Like, I worry about that shit. It's not a fucking joke. So you can't separate... Like, if someone truly is a fucking child-molesting, creepy fuck and that's what makes him happy and that's what he's doing... Like, that's fucking, that's who he is, you know? If there's people that are going out of their way to make sure that they can do some sickening shit, regardless of the fame and the money and all that, like, you have everything you want. The whole journey of this for me, like, I'm trying to get rich and I'm trying to get famous. At the end of the day, like, that's what it is. That's why I do podcasts. That's why I post videos. That's why I'm putting content out there. So that's my end goal. And I think that other people view their end goal differently. Like, who's to say that Michael Jackson's thought wasn't, if I could get rich enough and fool all these people to think I'm a great person, I can fuck kids and do creepy shit behind the scenes and nobody's ever going to know. Like, that could have been his plan from the start. So, like, we don't know. I think as you get to know somebody, you realize all these things about them throughout their content. And I think Michael Jackson just, like, finessed the fuck out of it. But there was a lot of people, even in the beginning, that knew it was weird that he was having kids on stage and knew it was weird that he was holding kids' hands in pictures. So that gut feeling, like when you fucking think something about someone from what you're seeing and what's actually happening, not just rumors. When you see 10 years ago he's holding kids' hands and like bringing kids on tour with them, there's there's a lot of people, I'm sure, because even my mom knew it. Um, there's a lot of people that were like, that's, well, that's fucking odd, you know? Maybe they didn't think to jump to a conclusion as, as extreme as, like, child molestation and all that, if that's even a word. But, um, yeah, like, you fucking knew it. You knew it from the start. You knew it from the beginning. People just chose not to believe that because it wasn't necessarily concrete. Those things were still rumors or just things that you're believing. So, uh, yeah, the artist isn't fake, man. Like, just because they're putting good shit out there, good content, good music, that that person is still fucking there. The disgusting things that that person wants to do, he will do regardless. So, uh, yeah, you know, I gotta I gotta agree with you there. This person says... This was a good fucking point, okay? I'm going to read a couple more. There's a, there's a good point in one of these. I think it depends on the individual, not the one who did something wrong. I mean us. If someone had a great childhood and they or their parents always listen to MJ, they're going to have a harder time with all this. This is kind of like me. Um, and they're going to take the position of what? No, they can't do that. They can do no wrong because they associate it with good memories. Where if someone's just like, eh, yeah, another MJ or R. Kelly song, they're probably going to be able, yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. Someone that didn't listen to these people is going to easily write off like, fuck this prick, 
I don't care. But for me, someone that loved Michael Jackson as a kid, listening to his music, um, it is a little bit harder for me because it's like, fuck, man, I really like this music. But at the same time, even being someone that loved his music, I think it's disgusting enough of a reason to maybe just delete those playlists off my, like, you know what I mean? So it doesn't, like, okay, personally, I probably won't listen to Michael Jackson music after this or R. Kelly's, you know, I didn't really do it a lot anyways, but I think that even with X's music, I stopped listening to it because it was fucked up and it took me a while. I was actually playing his music after he died in my car with my brother. And then my brother explained the same thing to me. He was like, I don't really want to listen to this right now. Didn't this guy like beat the shit out of his girlfriend? And I was at the moment, I was saying like, what else, well, what the fuck does it matter? Like we should separate the artist from the art. That was my thoughts in the beginning. But as I read these explanations, as I watch this fucking disgusting documentary, I realized like, why should we support some fucking creepazoid? And Michael Jackson is dead. X is dead. A lot of these people are dead. So it's a little bit different because it's like, even if we're listening to their shit, it's not like they're going to benefit from it. They're fucking dead. But for someone that's alive, like R. Kelly, definitely not playing his music because I don't want him getting money from me playing his shit, you know? Like, so yeah, good point there. This girl says we shouldn't separate the art from the artist. The opinion stems primarily from a society that idolizes artists. Because of such idolization, problematic artists are still revered by many and their actions and are not even considered. This tells society that people are of a celebrity status aren't held accountable for their actions and are held to different standard, standards than a normal person. An abuser should be in prison, not on this week's top 100 hip hop playlist. This girl is fucking smart, hands down. You can tell, like, she's almost like flexing, like, I know big words, fuck you guys. That's what I feel like she's doing because I'm so dumb and she's really fucking smart. She went to my school, actually. Um, smart fucking chick here, 100% accurate response. Uh, we shouldn't, just because someone's rich, just because someone's famous, doesn't mean that like, oh, well, you can rape someone as long as you are a fucking artist and you have a dope album out that got a lot of fucking listens. Like, no, I agree. You do something creepy, you do something fucking wrong, you beat a girl up, you fuck a kid, you, you know what I mean? Those extreme not even it doesn't even have to be that extreme. You punch a girl in the face one time, which is still extreme, but it's like I guess less extreme than child molesting. It's like the spectrum, all of it's fuck. It's all bad. It's either none of it's bad or all of it's bad. And I think that all of it should be bad. Now the only thing that's on the spectrum that I can understand is like, I guess drug usage. You know, maybe if a rapper has a ton of fucking weed on him and a regular guy's a ton of weed on him, I guess the rapper should get away with it. I don't really know. Maybe no, he shouldn't. He just does because he's rich and he could pay the shit off, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, any fucking extreme, any anything wrong that a human being can do that will go to jail, a celebrity should 100% get the same fucking charges. There should not be a double standard or a fucking uh, divide in regular people from celebrities. There shouldn't be like benefits from that. So fucking she's 100% right. Now another guy saying, no, we shouldn't. This was a good one. This is the last one I'm probably going to read because we're at 47 minutes here. 
I reckon you should separate it, man. Otherwise, people are choosing what crimes are bad and what crimes are acceptable. You have a rapper talking about shooting someone and we're okay with it. Then another dude does something different and no one wants to acknowledge the artist. It's all okay or none of it's okay. So this person's point is that we should separate it. But I think the point is that we shouldn't separate it and this just makes it better. Chief Keefe is a fucking guy that I loved listening to as a kid. When I was like 13, 14, 15 years old, GBE, I know the I know every guy, ball out capo, I know all of them. In GBE, which is fucking hard to understand because I'm a suburban kid and their rap scene was a, le- a lot different than where I'm from. Um, but I just loved rap. I loved like Chicago drill music, Lil Durk, Maddie Baby. I was selling to a lot of these people as well when I was younger. Um, and selling them like clothes and shit. So I fell in love with Chicago rap scene when it was like blowing up before Chance the Rapper, before Kanye was huge, uh, like 20, I want to say like 2010 or 2012. But when Chicago drill rap music was fucking booming, I was in love with it. But what I realized was these guys are all rapping about like Rapping about shooting people, yes, 100%. But it's like, that's probably like, they're really living that life. Like, they're, they're coming from bad neighborhoods and coming from, like, Englewood, Chicago, which isn't a fucking beautiful neighborhood. If you ever visit Chicago, I definitely don't re- recommend going there. But it's like, that's like their life story. That's like genuine shit that's happening. Even though it's bad, they're talking about, they're rapping about killing people. It's fucking bad, yes. But I think some of the artists genuinely have been through like seeing their brother get shot, seeing their cousin get shot. Maybe they've even shot at other people in defense or in whatever scenario. So sometimes I think that when you're rapping about extreme shit like shooting guns and all that, Sometimes I actually think it's okay. Maybe that's fucked up of me. But for Chief Keefe in particular, a kid that grew up in Englewood, someone that grew up in a bad neighborhood, that probably got into a lot of gang-affiliated disputes in his neighborhood and in his life, like, he could be rapping about it, which seems crazy to us, but that's what he lived. Like, so I gotta fucking, I gotta defend Chief Keefe here and fucking GBE. I gotta be here with them because... I know that when I was watching them, they weren't rich and famous. They were in a fucking basement in like an unfinished place. The video, Every Every Day's Halloween is what it's called. That's a music video he recorded in a fucking basement. And you can tell that they don't have a lot of money. And then now people look at Chief Keef and he's rich and famous living in Miami and LA. And like he has a lot of money, but he's still rapping about the same shit. So it doesn't make sense because people are thinking that's like false or like phony. But... No, man, he fucking lived it, so it's different. When, like, other rappers just rap about shooting and killing people because it's, like, trendy and, like, that's what people are doing, then I disagree. Then it's fucked up. Then, yeah. Uh, But regardless, your point is still valid when you say, uh, it. like, then you're choosing what crime's okay. Why is it okay to rap about killing people, but it's not okay to rap? I mean... I don't know. Nobody read, like, Michael Jackson wasn't really, like, singing about fucking kids. I don't know. I don't even know what the point is of this anymore. But my conclusion is, I think that we shouldn't separate the art from the artist. I used to think that we should. And as I read these, I realized that it's probably not a good idea. You shouldn't support people that do fucked up shit. Look at a guy like me that's fucking traveling his fucking dick off going to meet celebrities and meeting people. He's just got his first radio interview. He's selling shoes. It's clear that I'm going in a good direction. 
and uh, I'm putting my content out there as much as I can. And when I talk deep, I tell you guys everything that I do. I tell you guys all my emotions. It's like, look at the people that are open and like give you a fucking open door to their what they're thinking and like what their life is really like and pick those people out and then listen to their shit rather than picking out the people that are like you might have a feeling that they're fucking doing some disgusting shit or you know that in the back of your head that they've done some weird things with kids even if it was just holding hands with them or like taking them on tours if you're already noticing that as a listener then I think you should just probably like write them off and be like, you know what? I have a feeling this guy's a creepy fuck. Maybe I should just not listen to him. So I think that if you can call it early, try to call it early. And if you could support the people that are genuine and good fucking people, uh, support them instead. You know, instead of listening to R. Kelly's fucking disgusting music and Michael Jackson's unfortunately shit, uh, why don't you listen to my fucking podcast instead? I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um... I just figured I'd turn that into a plug. This guy says, uh, like, we can't listen to Michael Jackson anymore, but they're stupid to know that then they can't listen to Rick James. The motherfucker held a woman hostage and burned her with a crack pipe. Yeah, I think a lot of people do fucked up shit, man. And unfortunately, it's just we haven't found it all out yet. And that's kind of scary. But like I said before, you, you get, like, feels of... You get, like, it's not like everyone thought Michael Jackson was a saint and then one day he's a rapist. People fucking knew, and it took people to get those stories out. So, like, I don't know. It's just, with R. Kelly especially, there's just fucking, if you know, you know. That's kind of it. If you know, you know. I don't know what else there is to say. If you don't fucking separate the artist from the art, then that's on you. Everyone has their own opinions. You're not wrong if you do. You're not right if you do. Uh, this was just me giving my opinion on the whole situation and reading off some of your guys's. It's unfortunate that people that make really good content can also be doing disgusting things behind the scenes. Uh, and that's just fucking shitty in general. But I think that if you just focus on your goals, focus on getting rich, getting famous, making your fucking whatever it is, getting your graduation, whatever your goal is in life, focus on your goals. And if your goals have anything to do with like hurting people or fucking them up or anything, then you're a piece of shit person. I don't fucking know how to end this podcast. That's how I'm going to do it. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate you all. Uh, I had fun talking about this topic. It's a deeper topic. And uh, yeah, I hope I read your fucking feedback and you guys heard it and enjoyed that. So stay tuned next week when we uh, sing, a, sing a song live on, on uh, Kicks and Giggles podcast with the, the fray. The fray is going to be here too. Oh, wait, fuck. I didn't talk about shoes yet. Fuck. I should probably talk about shoes, shouldn't I? Fuck. I was going to do a funny ending and now I realized, well... You know what? We're going to do the shoes next week. You know what? No, we're not. We're going to fucking keep going. Sorry, guys. This is a sloppy ending. But hey, I got—I actually have a good shoe part for this episode. So we're fucking going with it. Now, I've lately been realizing... I love how the people are going to think that when I said the fray, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this kid talking about? And then it just turned into a nightmare. Um, okay. Yeezy released three regional it's a regional yeezy release i guess is what they called this three colorways releasing on select continents now there's the clay the true form and the hyperspace colorways those are these these three behind me the clay is here 
this one's the true form, and then this one's the hyperspace. Um, hyperspace looks like a fucking butter with a green stripe on it that's also see-through. Absolute shit colorway, in my opinion. The clays are okay, and then the true form is gray and orange, which literally, we fucking did it on the Beluga 1.0 and the 2.0. We're fucking over it, okay? All of these are shitty, in my opinion, actually, even the clay ones, but let me read about them. In recent months, three upcoming pairs of the Adidas Yeezy Boost 350 V2 have been teased, the clay, true form, and hyperspace colorways. The clay will be dropping in North and South America, okay? The Europe or the true form pair will be releasing in Europe and Africa, and the hyperspace option will be hitting select retailers in Asia and Australia. So it's like, first of all, everyone's going to get all the pairs regardless. I know people that are going to have the pairs that are supposed to be in Africa and Europe. I know people in fucking Europe that will probably have the, well, actually, no, I don't, but I'm sure people in Europe will get the pairs that are going to come out in North and South America. You can't stop the fucking market and the sneaker game is unreal when it comes to having connections overseas. So like I can get them all. If you guys want any of these, let me know. I can get them for you. But uh, I don't think they're worth it, to be honest, especially if you're paying resale. Fuck Fuck V2s. Any new V2s, fuck them all. You guys know that I'm like, I've said this so many times. These three colorways have already been, they've basically already been done except for the clay. But I don't know, man. They There was a picture. I'm going to look this up. These should have, 100% should have released. They were called the Earth Yeezy V2 pack. And Naturally, now I'm, gonna be, now I'm not going to be able to find the pictures. But a while ago, there was like a dark green pair. There was an earth pair. There was a like a salmon pink pair. There was a rose pair and then like a rose gold or something. And all of these pictures were like, there was fake pairs going around, prototypes, samples that people fucking lie about. All of these fake ass colorways were coming out that were rumored to be released last year and none of them came out. But there were solid salmon pink Yeezys dark green. The fucking colorways were so fire that I, I just wish they would have released those. I actually genuinely was going to order a fake pair of these dark green pair or of this dark green pair because I thought that they, I just thought they looked so fucking sick. And I thought that it was different. It wasn't white. It wasn't beige. It wasn't a little bit of white and yellow. It wasn't gray and fucking orange. It was different. Uh, but they never made them. So Yeezy's just fucking lost when it comes to V2s. And the V... Whatever the fuck those new ones are, the salts. Hold on. I think it's Yeezy 700 salt. These I saw in person. Like, I think they're cool, but I'm also getting over it. I just think that companies ruin shoes when they start releasing anything more than like three, three colorways. And speaking of, last week or two weeks ago, I talked about Fear of God. This was a picture that was just released that... It's a Fear of God 1, the Nike Fear of God 1, and it's got a like a coral colored cage. And then there's another one that's all white with a, like a lime green colored cage. Those came out. I ripped those. Now there's another fucking pair. I can't find them now. Yellow Fear of God 1. You like how I do this while I'm recording? Now these came out. And these are fucking like... Just stop. Stop fucking making new... We don't need new colorways. Black was great. Gray was great. We're fucking good. Now they made a low top. Then they made these absolutely fucking hideous. Fear 
of God Nike. They're like a low top. Oh my God, dude. They fucking ruined. It's actually not a low top. It's like a mid. I can't even find them. Fuck. Fear of God Nike mid top. If you guys know what I'm talking about, you already know. It's not the Air Fear of God 1. And it's not the low top like Skylon that they did. It's like some ugly fucking... It looks like the Fear of God 1 with like the top cut off. And then there's a strap that goes around like this way. I wish I could find a fucking picture. But I don't really know what I'm doing when it comes to creating content. So... I wasn't prepared for this. Here it is. No, it's not. And it's not the shoot-around either. Fear of God's releasing another... It's not the shoot-around. It's not the Skyline. It's not the fucking one. It's another low-top version of a Fear of God Nike shoe. And it is fucking hideous. I can't express it enough. Fear of God Nike collab, I was so excited for in the beginning. The ones I still have, the shoot-arounds I still have, and the black and gray colorways, anything other than those four, I'm not buying because I'm not supporting this fucking regurgitation throw-up fucking bullshit that they're giving the audience. Um, really don't, not a fan. Now, this is a pair of shoes that I've really been trying to buy lately. I don't really know why. I have, like, I'm going through this, like, goth fucking weird phase, so... I just ordered a bunch of like Slipknot shirts and old corn shirts and vintage shit. And uh, I'm also going through a phase where I want to save my money, but like flex at the same time. So I figured if I buy like rare or expensive shit uh, that I like at least, then it's it's got an ROI. It retains its value. If I buy a pair of shoes for a thousand bucks, wear them a hundred times and sell them for 800, it's a lot better than buying a pair for 500 beating them to the ground and then never getting any money back, you know? So, uh, I and I always have an expensive taste. I just literally don't have the money to spend when I'm trying to go on trips and do a lot of other things. But now I'm starting to get a little bit of more fucking money going. So I want to start buying more things that I really want to fucking wear and sell the fucking worthless clothes in my closet for 10 bucks, you know? So these Balenciaga Triple S's, I originally wasn't a fan of them. I thought they were bulky. I thought they were ugly, but I've just been watching reviews on them. I started to fall in love with them. This black pair, it matches a lot of the shit that I'm trying to wear now. I don't really know. It's something new. Plus, when I was in Vegas, I fucking wore my boots, my Yeezy boots, and they're so uncomfortable, man. Like, I got to be... The first two hours you wear them, they're great. If you're going to go out to eat, go on a date, go out... They're great. The Yeezy Crepe boot and the Yeezy Oil Season 4 boot, that combat one, they're good for a couple hours, but I don't give a fuck how thick your socks are. I was wearing three goddamn socks on each foot, and my feet had blisters all over the bottom, or like my heels. So you can't fucking, when a shoe's uncomfortable, it's toxic. So now I want to sell those boots, get a pair of Balenciagas, and uh, just be a little flex boy for a while, I guess. And it's like, I'm the fucking shoe guy. I sell shoes. I can't sell shoes and then wear like fucking Crocs, you know? So there's a few pairs that we're releasing recently. There's some things that I like in there. Good little sneaker portion for you guys. Um, now for the official ending of this podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm sorry to say, but the fray won't be on. Uh, that was a lie. The fray's not going to be doing a live performance anytime soon. So... Sorry, sorry to let you guys know that. But have a beautiful week and enjoy your Sunday.